Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. I am thrilled to have David Lively on. He is a gentleman who a lot of people know because his credits go on forever, whether it be a musical, whether it be Shakespeare, or any of the classics. Hello, David. Hello, Tom. How Great you being here with you. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about uh, Hello, Dolly, and, and the role you're playing in it and how you got the role. <laughs> Well, uh, I was called in, I don't even remember what month now, but uh, it was back in the summer, I believe, at some point to read for Horace Vandegelder uh, in Dolly. And uh, I went in and, and read for Rachel Rockwell, who's directing, and for uh, Bill Ositek, who's the artistic director out at Oak Brook, and really didn't think of myself in that part very much. I never thought I'd, I'd be called for something like that, but um, thank goodness I was, and, and, and now I'm, I'm able to do it and having a ball with it. We just opened last week and uh, having a grand time. Yeah, it is a, it is a terrific role. I remember you telling me at the reception that you had not seen Dolly. I haven't seen, I, I hadn't seen the play. When I was back in high school, actually, my summers, what I used to do is I used to play in the pit of bands. I was a drama drummer. And and I played for a dinner theater production of Hello Dolly back in Virginia. I don't even remember what it had to have been 72, maybe 71. Um, and I really didn't see much of that because I was playing playing for it. Uh, but I've only seen the film and I've seen the, the matchmaker, uh, the, the, uh, the Thornton Wilder movie. Um, so, uh, no, I've not seen a main stage. And, you know, I used to think that's unique because as a reviewer, since I'm not in shows, I can go every night to a different show and usually do. But yeah. I realize after doing a number of these interviews that a lot of you working actors who are always seem to be working don't get to see a lot of shows because you're too busy doing the shows you're in. Well, generally, the, the, uh, the schedules do conflict that way. Um, and... Uh, so you, you try to get in on nights or on matinees when you're not working, if you can. Um, but uh, other than that, and for me, sadly, I don't, when I'm not working, I, I tend to, to, to stay home or, or relax a little bit and not really see, get out and see the things I should see, which, which I'm hoping to correct here soon. But don't you think that could be an advantage? For example, I thought you brought to Horace, I, I thought you brought another level. To the to the depth of that character. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't I don't know how much of an advantage. I mean, it's it's always fun to go out and and see other friends do do things, and uh, 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 and they certainly come out and see shows that I'm doing, which is very nice. And uh, and uh, but in the sense, it, not seeing this role before performed on stage yeah i mean it gives me a chance to not really to have a blank slate when i when i want to do stuff and then i have to work off of obviously the other actors involved and in this case particularly dolly um i i i have to really play off of that and um just play as truthfully as i can with the guy i mean he's 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 a he's a scrooge you know i mean it, it really and i've played scrooge three times so <laughs> so you brought a little of the Scrooge. yeah he is a Scrooge. he right? is a you know 
I mean, he, you know, I like to throw a little Archie Bunker and Ralph Cramden and, and uh, <laughs> those guys maybe in there too, you know, but, but um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a grand time so far. We've had a, we've had a great time. The audience. So for the few of the people who, who don't know about Dolly and generally they're the younger kids that are just going to theater and uh, uh, tell us about the character. About Horace? Yeah, about Horace and his relation with Dolly. Well, Horace is a is a gentleman who's who's who owns a hay and feed biz, hay and feed business in Yonkers, New York, and uh, has kind of lost his way as far as dealing with humanity, uh, and is one of those that um, just thinks everybody else is foolish in the world, and uh, and doesn't have much of a of a temper. I mean, he does have much, a lot of a big temper, um, but he doesn't have a lot of patience. I don't think with people. And uh, his wife has passed. He has no children. He has a, a niece, Ermengarde, who lives with him. And um, he runs this hay and feed business and is a very respected man in the community of Yonkers and I think beyond as well because he goes into New York quite a bit and uh, and that's what happens in this. Um, and uh, so he's, he's been a widower for a while and, uh, and uh, has been friends, I believe, with Dolly and knew her husband, Ephraim Levi, I believe. They all knew each other at the time. And uh, Dolly's husband, Ephraim, had passed away. And um, Dolly is just a jack of all trades and a marvelous spirit and a wonderful kind of living life type of person where Horace has kind of shut that element out in his life. And she has set her sights on marrying him. And it's set, what, in the 1890s, right? It's, yeah. Right uh -huh. the century. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she has set, his, you know, set her sights on marrying him and, uh, and uses her ways to get that result. But in turn, I believe what happens with Horace and, is that, he has a revelation later on in the play about what a wonderful woman she actually is and how their bickering and everything else is actually great foil for their relationship and that it means there is an admiration there in that. Uh, and uh, he finally realizes, I think, once she says she's had enough of him, that... Um, he ought to strike while the iron's hot, as it were, and, <laughs> and accept her. You know, in some productions I've seen, uh, different people have played Horace in, in different ways. And some of them, when all of a sudden he decides that he wants to marry her, it's like, what? Yeah. But I thought your, your performance, you left that, you gave hints of a little bit of humanity in him. That he's well, really not as bad a, a, a commandurin as, as he appears. Well, that's that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem for Horace in the story, in the film, in the matchmaker, even with Paul Ford and and Shirley Booth. You 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 hear so much. Ninety percent of the play of him berating and and you know, I'm not going to marry you. Don't ask me. You know, but he just it's that he protests too much. It's just. But at the same time, I had the same question all along, and I checked with other friends who had played the part, and I said, when did you, you know, where is it in the play that it happens that this light turns on and suddenly, because he's given one scene, really, to express that, which is the final scene, and suddenly he's done, you know, a complete turnaround. And from my own way of thinking, it's, it's about 
what he learns listening to Cornelius in one of those last scenes in the courtroom scene and how he's expressing his brand new love for Mrs. Malloy and how how elated he is about that and how innocent that is and, and how much he would he would do anything to just save that day in his heart and in his mind. It's the best day he's ever had. And, so it's his moment. Well, it's, it's, that certainly helps. It certainly helps. And the way we have it staged, we've got Dolly, we've got Karen kind of stage left and I'm stage right. And they're in the middle, Malloy and, and Cornelius. And so I have an eyeline right to Karen every now and then. And whether people see it or not, I'm, I'm playing off what she's done because I know she's put these two together and, and it's worked and it's stirred that moment in court has stirred something in him that he has missed for, you know, for years. It does come off because I, I noticed it too. And a couple of people were talking about it at the reception. Oh, good. Oh, the staging well, work. Yeah, it, it definitely worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from that point on, and then he's in the jail and then she's saying so long, dearie. And, and, yeah. Uh, you got you know, you, you got to play what they're actually saying. You can't just roll over top of it just because it's in the script. You've got to find a way to say, okay, this next scene, I'm going to propose to her. Where does it come from? And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully, I'm I'm beginning that journey, and the audience is seeing that uh, you know he's lightening up, and that he's he's just. He, he has no choice at that point. He just, he just, he loves, he, he, he loves her and respects her, you know. So that's, that's what I was getting. So at. tell us about Karen Zimba and how, how she is to work with. Oh, Karen, she's, she's magnificent. She's wonderful. She, uh, just really, really down to earth person. Very, uh, you know, uh, just, just very sweet and, uh, very patient and very, you know, she had a lot to learn in this and a lot to, to play. She, I don't think she'd ever played the role before. Um, and uh, she is she is really finding her footing now. Um, and it's just a joy to be on stage with her. Uh, and it's with everybody else. Uh, but she really is a sweetheart. And uh, I look forward to the rest of the run. We run until, I think, what, January 5th or something. So I, I see each time we do it now, that, that there are elements of our relationship that, that is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And well, that's uh, good to hear because it's with gotta, the act too. And it's got to be kind of intimidating coming in from New York because the Chicago theater community is such a tight-knit community uh, and so supportive of one another. I, I've noticed that through the years. And so a lot of town people have, have told me, they said, my God, you guys are so together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she does, she's, she is. She has walked into uh, an ensemble of people that have worked, most of them have worked many times together. Everybody knows each other, particularly in that, in that ensemble and in the dance group and the chorus and, and all of that. Those folks have really have gone from show to show to show together almost. And so everybody really knows each other's chemistry, as it were, and even into some of the principles uh, from here uh, that, that, that uh, have worked together so much. So coming in and, and, and jumping straight into that, uh, yeah, that could probably be a little, a little crazy. But. but you guys, when they're, when they're top-notch people, I know you've told me before with Harry Groner and some others that, that uh, you guys welcome them in. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it's it's good for the theater. It's good for the community. People will buy tickets, you know, with the name. Uh, and and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. The, she has worked very hard to get where she's gotten, as has everyone else, pretty much, I think. And uh, to come out here to Chicago is, you know, for some people, it's difficult to do that because the agents say, we don't want you to leave town. We don't want you to go anywhere else. We want you to stay here in New York or in L.A. We don't, if, we, if you go out for 13 weeks, we lose being able to, to, to keep you going as you are. And, and uh, you know, a lot of them, some of the just really good actors, love to job out to places and, and, and just try different environments and different actors and meet new directors. And, and uh, so, well, I think, I think Oak Brook is really lucky when they're able to, to, to bring people in from out of town. And uh, Well, since Kyle has taken over, they yeah. certainly up the ante yeah. all yeah. around. I mean, absolutely. This is the first time I've worked there since 09, I think, what, four years now. And I did cabaret and and uh, I just noticed a, a, just a huge difference in, in the quality and, and in, uh, you know, what they're doing out there. Uh, and it began, actually, you know, I guess about then. And uh, it's, been, it's been really nice to come see things and, and to be part of it, you know. So I'm very, very lucky. Well, you, so uh, you run until January, correct? Yeah, yeah, January fifth, mm -hmm. and that, that's yeah. gotta that's gotta be tough. Uh, musicals are, are are kind of tough to do, aren't they? They uh, yeah, they can be. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm 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 having a good time playing. Usually, I, I will play the you know, some supporting roles and and uh, be able to warble a little bit, <laughs> you know, and hopefully not uh, hurt anybody's ears too bad. Oh, you uh, did a great job with uh, it takes oh, a thing. moment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Uh, it's 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 grueling in that you've got so many elements in the musical that have to be rehearsed and have to be put together. All the pieces of the puzzle have to be put together to tell the story, unlike a play where, you know, you're focusing on just really telling that one story with the acting. Um, the musical, there's people, I don't know if they realize when they see it, what really goes into the two and a half to three weeks of rehearsal. And that... Uh, Rachel and her assistant have to put together all the, uh, not only the, and, and Roberta Duchek, the, uh, the musical director, have to put together all of the songs, the actors, uh, have to put together all of the dance numbers, which are major in this production. Oh yeah, that's a major dance show. And then, uh, and obviously, choreograph and block the scenes of the acting scenes, the book scenes that we call. And uh, so... People will be working in one space on dances. Somebody will be working on another space in music. Somebody could be working in, in the main rehearsal hall with the director in acting. But then ultimately, you're going to have that run through, and you're going to have to you're going to have to put those pieces together and make sure that they tell that tell the story that you want. And that can be a bit daunting in that amount of time. Um, How long it, was the rehearsal it, for the show? Uh, usually two and a half to three weeks. Wow. Uh, to put it up and uh that's before first preview and that includes you know all of the technical rehearsals but that's amazing then, that's short of time yeah and once you're in previews you also rehearse as well so you know you'll do the performances at night or an afternoon matinee and then you'll have a if you have one show you'll have a rehearsal call that day to clean up prior to press night to to press opening uh, which is usually the way all the theaters work 
here in town. Uh, you know, in previews, you still rehearse. So it, it make for long days. You yeah, know? it does. It means by the time your day off, you want it off. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you what. <laughs> well, you should be proud of, of Hello, Dolly. You're terrific well, in it. And, and it's, you know, it's one of those shows that ha that they should do every five years because it's so fresh and there's always a new generation to, to come see. One of the best scores. One of my favorite oh, it shows. Really, it really is. It really is. And the book is really good, too, actually, as an adaptation from Wilder's play uh, actually i think they they don't miss too many of the beats in that no and it's 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 so, witty and very funny it's it's a comedy too it's very yeah, yeah. sure yeah it's, well it is it's pure musical comedy you know it's it is and it's got to also it's got the it's got a vaudeville feel to it some of the scenes you know and the way the comedy is delivered and written and structurally, it's one of the last of the classically structured musicals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got to pay attention to those rhythms and those, you know, those kind of things that are written that way, those jokes. And uh, if you land them, there's nothing, there's no feeling like it. There's no feeling like it to, to land some of the zingers that are written in there. So. Yeah. Well, you guys do a terrific job of it. Let's talk Thank about you. some of the shows you've done. You mentioned earlier uh, playing Herr Schultz in Cabaret. That yeah. was that. I remember that. That I I still say that that's one of the best productions of Cabaret that I've seen. Well, so, it wasn't it terrific? Yeah, it was it really Jim, was. Jim Cordy put together just an amazing amazing group of people and uh, and musicians that the all girl female musicians that were on stage during the whole thing that blew my mind i mean that was just that was remarkable you know they were costumed and they were just behind us yeah. and uh, it was really a fantastic idea um to have them present and i think normally they they are in some way but uh they really added to it and uh, it was a it that's another that's another book that's another musical that has such a wonderful book to it and, oh uh, very powerful yes. seeing scenes really blend well with those marvelous songs and those dances and the story is just so compelling and clear um so i had a ball with that too yeah, yeah well you you haven't worked for jim out in paramount yet huh? i have not uh i have uh, i actually though when i was on a tour and i forget which one it was now but we, i had played the paramount through a tour uh, a couple of times, so I know the space, but I, uh, no, I haven't since they've opened, and 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 it, God bless them, they're just doing gangbusters. They sure are. The productions really? are terrific. Yeah. So uh, also, you 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 played Moonface Martin and Anything Goes. That had to be fun. <laughs> that really, really was that. Was, Ray Fruin, when he was running things out there, cast me in that uh, opposite Rod Thomas and uh, and Susie McMonagall, and and we. Uh, we went on stage and just uh, got our acting all over everybody, as I like to say. <laughs> we almost wanted to give out ponchos so people didn't get anything on. But uh, it was it was it was kind of uh, it was a lot of fun, and that you know that, that's just a, a beautiful role. Um, and I I got had the opportunity to read for the tour that's out there now, the national tour, and uh, um, Dennis Kelly's doing. Is Dennis is in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, but I think I'm trying to think who got it. I think it's Fred Applegate. I think that's his name. Who's playing Moonface on the tour? But uh, it's a terrific part. It's a terrific play. So another one of those oldies, but goodies. Well, let's Great. talk about your your career in Shakespeare. You well, have done some absolutely fantastic things in Shakespeare. Tell us about that. 
some of well, the, some of the roles you're proudest of. Uh, well, I, I the one that that jumps to mind really right off the bat is I had the ability. I had the ability. That's not the right thing to say. I had the good fortune to uh, to go over with many of the top-notch actors here in Chicago to go over to the Royal Shakespeare Company back in uh, 2000, uh, I think it was six, uh, the summer of 2006, to perform Henry IV, parts one and two, both parts. And I was very, very honored to play Henry. Uh, and uh, we went over for the Complete Works Festival, which the RSC was doing, which is, was an entire year of doing everything in the canon. Uh, uh, international companies coming in and they, they put together, Michael Boyd put together this entire festival that lasted a whole year, uh, as I said. And uh, we were one, of, I, I believe, of four American companies that went over, Chicago Shakespeare was. And, uh, um, you know, it was an amazing, an amazing experience. We did four weeks here first, then took a week and a half off and then we did the week and a half over in England. And to perform on that stage on the Swan Theater was at the Swan Theater right on the river and you know, was was absolutely just brilliant. It was wonderful. And uh, I'll never ever forget that. And you know, a lot of a lot of Chicago a lot of your friends that were with you have told me that. Oh, it's it was exquisite. And and you know, the people that we're talking about that were with me in that, you know, I mean John Rieger and Mike Nussbaum, Dale Benson, uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Greg Vinkler was Falstaff. John Douglas Thompson, who recently was in, uh, in in the Iceman Cometh and right now is on Time to Kill on Broadway. John was the Hotspur in that, and uh, uh, I could go on. Susie Hart and um, oh God, Tim Kaine. I mean, all things, and uh, Tim Kaine and his wife. Um, oh, I'm, <laughs> my mind is going crazy, but. Uh, yeah, it was and Barbara Gaines is to be complimented that she tried to bring as many of the actors that helped her build Chicago Shakespeare as a world class theater. Oh, was, where that yeah. was kind of one of her thank yous, right? And it was Kate Fry. Tim's Kate Fry. That yeah, Kate was in it, and uh, so it was just a remarkable company to be part of to begin with, and uh, uh, but to go over there was just that icing on the cake, and we got to meet uh, the company from the the Royal Shakespeare Company, who was performing at the same time we were over in the other theater, and uh, they were very gracious with us, and, and uh, everybody involved was. And it was really I understand you got tremendous reviews. Uh, yeah, well, it, they were nice, yeah. I mean, uh, the show, I think, did very well over there, and uh, it was really, uh, the audiences, they're, you know, they're pretty critical, they can be, and but I think they, they stayed with us and, and, and they were very pleased with what they saw. So um, that was fortunate as well. But, you know, we, we just wanted to tell the story uh, our way. And uh, and I think we did. So Well, I remember seeing it here before you, you took it over there. And it, yeah. it, it was one of the best things that I think they've done. Well, it's a monster, yeah. you know. And I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to do one of them, to do part one, which usually is done. Well, only part one is usually done. Uh, to tackle both of them. Uh, you know, it was a marathon, a real marathon. And this year, the, uh, the, the Shakespeare Theater in Washington is doing it um, uh, over there. Um, uh, and I think they're doing it this coming spring. Uh, but not too many places do both at one time. And so that was, a, that was quite a challenge. 
but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly was. Yeah. Uh, so tell us now uh, some of the roles that, that you're dying to play that you haven't played. Oh, well, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I, that's really tough because I don't, I don't go there. I just go playing the ones that, that I'm, that I auditioned for at the time. Uh, I've always wanted, it would, I would always love to try to tackle Henry in Lion in Winter, but you know, any actor would. Um, one role that I do hope I get to play, which uh, my father actually played one time, um, was, was uh, Willie Clark in The Sunshine Boys. I think that play is brilliant in its comedy, and, and Neil Simon just nailed it with that. And uh, uh, that, that is a very funny, well-written script. Yeah, that, I, I could see you doing that. Yeah, I someday just love to do either role, Will, uh, Al, or Willie. It those, was done a long time ago at uh, at Drury Lane. Oakbrook did it. Right, I remember yes, seeing it, it there, and I don't think it's been done since. Maybe some producer ought to take the hint from it. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think you know it, that's a that's a terrific. That's just a terrific role in a great show, and uh, and then you know there I can't even think of them all right now. You know, a lot of the roles that I would love to someday be able to do. But uh, what about Shakespeare? I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. What's what's uh, in Shakespeare you'd like to do, or maybe Stoppard? Oh goodness, uh, I haven't done. <laughs> um, well, I would love to try Claudius at one point. That would be that, that would be very challenging, uh, and a lot of fun. Um, I would love to do Merchant. I would love to see what Shylock would would taste like. You know, <laughs> what would, 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 would feel like. Um, but uh, I'm like I said, Tom. I'm I'm pleased with the things that I've I've been able to do, and and uh, just feel lucky to have been able to do those. You know? Yeah, uh, you were in uh, that touring company of uh, 12 Angry Men. Oh, God. What yeah. a cast that was. I interviewed George Went and Richard Thomas from that when, when you guys were here in Chicago. Oh, you did you see it? Yeah, yeah. I, and I yeah. interviewed those, uh, Richard That's Thomas right. and, and George Went. But yes. you were, that, talk about an all-star cast. It was that, again, I think that along with the uh, with the uh, – the RSC experience was uh, two of the top highlights, you know, in everything I've done. In, in, and I've, uh, it, it was a remarkable experience that Scott Ellis put together for, for, the, for that, that group of 13 guys. Uh, Scott Ellis directed it on Broadway back in 2004, I believe. And um, they were putting, Roundabout Theater Company decided to put together a tour of it. Um, which was a risk because, you know, plays out on the road don't do really as well as the musicals really do. Yeah, how did it do? It, I'll tell you how it did. It did so well that we finished, we, we, we got through the first two months, I believe, two or three months of our first year. Uh, we rehearsed, we opened in New Haven, Connecticut, and then we went to D.C., and then we went to Boston, we went to Baltimore. And by the time Thanksgiving rolled around, so we're talking September until November, they were talking already about doing a second year. <laughs> we had not people, theaters were saying, we want this show because of the press it had gotten in those two months, two and a half months. Um, and it, it was due to that just extraordinary company that Scott Ellis put together. Um, and he came to Chicago, he came to LA, and he went to New York, I guess. And uh, he said, he's the 
of us that uh, that went the first year from Chicago, actually. And then the second year, there were three, I believe, three or four as well. So we were very fortunate to be part of such an extraordinary play. It's just a remarkable piece when it when it kicks, when it works. It was great. But it's a piece that takes top top drawer well, actors, yeah. Yeah, it does. You've got to be... You've and got people to be, get along. So, so, to that dialogue. You really do. And this company that they put together... Once we got it down, it was just, it was a symphony. It was absolutely, and it, and it could be different each night, but it was still something that I, I could almost block the audience away and just say, you know, let's just keep talking because that it was, it was remarkable. It was remarkable the way it played. Um, and that's Reginald Rose, you know, that's, that's, that's his writing. I mean, yeah, it, 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 is, it is, it is a brilliant piece. Richard Top couldn't have been nicer and couldn't have been, you know, more gracious and, and, and as kind of the head of the group. And George was a ball to work with that first year. And then he didn't come back. They brought in Kevin Dobson. I don't know if you remember that name, but Kevin sure. was from Kojak. He was Crocker mm -hmm. at Knott's Landing. And he was, but he came in to, to take over a role. And, um, and then the marvelous actors, the other actors from New York that, and LA that, uh, that played the other jurors. It was just actually a, an honor to be part of that and play some of the greatest theaters in the country and Canada. So it was really great. So I take it if another tour came up, you, you'd be ready to go. Well, I, we have to ask my wife about that, but <laughs> I think, you know, uh, yeah, depending on what it was, of course, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's great to see the country that way, you know, all right. I always ask this question uh, oh. to uh, to veteran actors that have oh. been around and really know what's going on. What advice would you give to the young actors that are you know struggling to make it? Yeah, you know, they they're just going equity or getting ready to go equity, and they're they're wondering, you know, what's going to happen? What what should I keep doing? Well, keep seeing things. Keep being part of things. Get cast in anything you can get get in, but pay attention to what. Pay attention to what moves you when you see something. Don't just go and brush it off and go, well, that was just great or that was really bad. If something really moves you, think about what that was. Go back and think about what that actor was trying to, what he conveyed or she conveyed and what moved you, what made you care about what you saw. Because that is what I, you know, I think every audience tries to do that, to go in and, and, and just not to be just entertained, but to be touched somehow by the material, and depending on the material. But I have always made it a point to walk in and walk out saying, do, do I care? Did I care about these people? Did I care what happened? And did, they, did the actors take me right there? And, and uh, so I would say, pay attention to who you like and why. And, uh, and that sets up your own philosophy. That will set up what they do and set the background for what they need to do in order to reach whatever goals they want to reach. Um, you cannot, you know, you cannot see too many things. You cannot be part of too many things, whether it's community, whether it's high school, college, whatever it is, that's where you're going to get your experience uh, working with out of town actors, working with people your own age, working with all kinds of different performers and artists and, and, don't just sit back. Go do it. That's what I would say.
Great. That's some great advice. And I, I've not had anyone say that, but it does make sense because... Well, it's, it's about being touched. And we're all touched by certain things. We see movies, we, we, get, we get sucked right in and you get touched by certain things that happen. And or we'll see plays or we'll hear music that will just touch us in a way that normally it doesn't. And you go, wow, what happened there? That's what you want in everything, if you can. And you have to ask why. You have to ask yourself. And if you're performing, you really have to ask yourself that. Why? What did they do? What did he do that moved me so much? I remember, if I have a quick story, sure. I remember seeing Dustin Hoffman doing Willie Loman with John Malkovich and Stephen Lang and that group in, uh, in New York. And it was in, you know, I forget the theater, but it was when they were doing that run, and Death of a Salesman. And I remember sitting on a Sunday afternoon, way over on the side on the, in the orchestra, but still it was way over. And it was towards, I don't remember which part of the play, but it's, the play, it's, it's part of the play where I, I guess uh, uh, Biff pulls out this rubber hose that Willie's been hiding. And they, they start, they have the kitchen scene where they really, the whole family just starts going at each other. And I remember that dialogue was moving in such a way that I started feeling uncomfortable and I actually turned away from watching the play because I felt this is something I should not be seeing because it's a family, it's a private family moment. And literally I turned away. It got so hot on that stage with the rhythms of Malkovich and, 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 and Hoffman and those guys throwing those wonderful lines around. They weren't lines anymore. To me, this was a family argument that you would hear maybe in the summer if your windows are open and you hear something going on in a, in a house next door and I wasn't supposed to hear it and that I'll never ever forget that feeling of just being I, I don't want to know this you know so and it lasted all maybe of that one scene and then I connected back with the play but it was I'll never forget that feeling so <laughs> that's a that, great moment yeah I mean it just touched me that you know so. you know it is so nice to hear somebody who's so passionate about what they do Oh, well, <laughs> I hope I'm not making sense. <laughs> oh, you are, and, and it shows. Every time I have interviewed someone who, who I think is, is, a, is great at what they do, they all have that passion. Well. And you just demonstrated it. Oh, well, thank you, Tom. I, you know, it's just, I, yeah, I do love, I love to analyze it and figure out, as I said, what moves me and what uh, I hope I can do that can move someone else in whatever piece it is I'm lucky enough to play. So um, that's kind of what I like to do. Well, you, you've certainly done that. Huh. David, thanks. Keep up the good work. You're an institution in Chicago. Hey, you you too. I mean, this is so such a great thing you do. I've been listening to these podcasts for quite a while. And oh, I love that's them. nice I to hear. I actually love them. I listened to my friend Riegers the other day. Yeah, John's one of the best. Yeah. Listen to him talk about, you know, Julie and his composer who recently passed. And, yeah. and it's, it's an extraordinary thing. And to hear other people that you interviewed, you know, it's great because you don't get, even when you work with them, sometimes you don't get that side of them. You don't get to know that much about them. So these are terrific. And you do a good job. With them. Thank great. you. Thank you so much. And folks, go see a play this week. Thank you, David. Thank you, Tom. Thank you.